From the rising of the sun, even unto the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. And in every place incense shall be offered unto my name, and a pure offering. For my name shall be great among the heathen, saith the Lord of hosts. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouths shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Venite on page 9. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Let the whole earth stand in awe of him. For he cometh, for he cometh to judge the earth, and with righteousness to judge the world, and the peoples with his truth. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 112 and 113, beginning on page 483. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. He hath great delight in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon earth. The generation of the faithful shall be blessed. Riches and plenteousness shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. Unto the godly there ariseth up light in the darkness. He is merciful, loving, and righteous. A good man is merciful and lendeth and will guide his words with, with discretion. For he shall never be moved, and the righteous shall be had in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of any evil tidings, for his heart standeth fast and believeth in the Lord. His heart is established and will not shrink until he see his desire upon his enemies. He hath dispersed abroad and given to the poor, and his righteousness remaineth for ever, his horn shall be exalted with honor. The ungodly shall see it, and it shall grieve him. He shall gnash with his teeth and consume away. The desire of the ungodly shall perish. Praise the Lord, ye servants. O oh, praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth forevermore. The Lord's name is praised, from the rising up of the sun unto the going down of the same. The Lord is high above all nations, and his glory above the heavens. Who is like unto the Lord our God, that hath his dwelling so high, and yet humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and earth? He taketh up the simple out of the dust, and lifteth the poor out of the mire that he may set him with the princes, even with the princes of his people. 
he maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, as now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the twelfth verse of the first chapter of the book of Habakkuk. Are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? We shall not die. O Lord, you have appointed them for judgment. O Rock, you have marked them for correction. You are of purer eyes than to behold evil and cannot look on wickedness. Why do you look on those who deal treacherously and hold your tongue when the wicked devours a person more righteous than he? Why do you make men like fish of the sea, like creeping things that have no ruler over them? They take up all of them with a hook. They catch them in their net and gather them in their dragnet. Therefore they rejoice and are glad. Therefore they sacrifice to their net and burn incense to their dragnet, because by them their share is sumptuous and their food plentiful. Shall they therefore empty their net and continue to slay nations without pity? I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Indeed, because he transgresses by wine, he is a proud man, and he does not stay at home, because he enlarges his desire as hell, and he is like death, and cannot be satisfied. He gathers to himself all nations, and heaps up for himself all peoples. Will not all these take up a proverb against him, and a taunting riddle against him, and say, Woe to him who increases what is not his, how long? And to him who loads himself with many pledges, will not your creditors rise up suddenly? Will they not awaken who oppress you? and you will become their booty. Because you have plundered many nations, all the remnant of the people shall plunder you because of men's blood and the violence of the land and the city and of all who dwell in it. Woe to him who covets evil gain for his house, that he may set his nest on high, that he may be delivered from the power of disaster. You give shameful counsel to your house, cutting off many peoples, and sin against your soul. For the stone will cry out from the wall, and the beam from the timbers will answer it. Woe to him who builds a town with bloodshed, who establishes a city by iniquity. Behold, is it not of the Lord of hosts that the people labor to feed the fire, and nations weary themselves in vain? For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord 
as the waters cover the sea. Here endeth the first lesson. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 35th verse of the 12th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke. Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning, and you yourselves be like men who wait for their master, when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. And if he come in the second watch, or come in the third watch, and find them so, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore you also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Then Peter said to him, Lord, do you speak this parable only to us or to all people? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his master will make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. But if that servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming, and begins to beat the male and female servants, and to eat and drink and be drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant, who knew his master's will, and did not prepare himself or do according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who did not know, yet committed things deserving of stripes, shall be beaten with few. For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. And to whom much has been committed, of him they will ask the more. Here endeth the second lesson. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us 
to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you and with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Lord, we beseech thee to keep thy church and household continually in thy true religion, that they who do lean only upon the hope of thy heavenly grace may evermore be defended by thy mighty power. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Morning all. Habakkuk is an interesting book in the Old Testament because it's it's this kind of it, it recapitulates a number of the themes we we saw in, in longer form and more elaborate poetic form in the book of Job. 
um, and it has to do with after the after the sort of the fall of the southern kingdom, like Habakkuk the prophet is in, engages in a sort of back and forth conversation with the Lord to ask you know, this central question that we got at the first part of our reading for today is, uh, you know, how is it that um, the righteous man is swallowed up by one who is less righteous than him or more wicked than him? Um, and this seems to defy what the, the conventional wisdom uh, that is sort of laced throughout the Torah that, you know, before every man is, is given sort of death and life and uh, to, to pursue the way of righteousness is to pursue life and to pursue the way of unfaithfulness and unrighteousness is to pursue death. So how is it that the person who is on this way that leads unto death able to overpower this person that uh, doesn't? Psalm 112 today gives us this idea that, you know, this conventional wisdom that the righteous uh, will stand upright and will be his heart will remain firm, even in the fearful hour, um, be, because the word of the, the word of the Lord sort of abides in him. The word of the Lord it, it upholds his heart um, in the fearful hour. And that's reflective, of course, again, of the very first psalm, right? Blessed is the man who has not stood in the counsel of the wicked nor sat in the seat of scoffers. Um, he will be able to stand at the judgment where others will not. Um, this is, that is the conventional wisdom. And we, and we find that, I think, resonating with what we believe, you know, what, how we expect things to happen, that goodness should by and large produce prosperity and badness should by and large produce misery. Um, and yet all of us have the day-to-day -day experience at times of, not that happening, of, of sometimes even the opposite of that happening. And Habakkuk is asking a question of perplexity and, and then goes to wait on the rampart of the city and, and wait for the Lord to, to answer him. And the Lord does. And the first thing he says is, if you think that the, uh, you know, he goes, he goes, if you think that the vision is difficult to understand now, he goes, you just wait. He goes, when the thing comes to its fr the fruition, it will become clear, even though that the, the fruition of this of this vision is, is, is a long way off. And that's talking along two different horizons um, of activity that God is performing in, in the in the sort of the interior experience of what's going on with Israel at that time. That is that even though Israel has been chastised um, and the northern kingdom has been scattered by the Assyrians and the southern kingdom has been scattered by the Babylonians and then taken into exile. Even though in the eyes of the kingdoms of the earth, like we were talking about on Friday, uh, that Israel and their God have been overpowered. In fact, uh, while these exterior facts seem to confirm um, one, one story, the interior experience of Israel at this point is that God is, is sort of performing a, a prophetic sign. A, he is, he's creating an epiphany of them, making an epiphany of them before the eyes of the whole world that will culminate ultimately in the passion and crucifixion of Christ. Uh, the 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 true Israelite, the righteous Israelite, is then put to death not only by the enemies scattered around the earth who hate the people of God, but also uh, by his, his own kinsmen, by Israel itself, who will reject him. Kind of lumping everybody together in in this sort of um, into into like sort of faithfulness and unfaithfulness, where you have basically Christ, his mother, and the blessed disciple you know, standing at the cross there, and then the whole world sort of gathered in in sort of antagonism to that. Uh, that is, you know, as we see that vision sort of mounting, uh, we, we see really the, this, this sort of end game of epiphany season. That I think it was, it's helpful for us to understand that, you know, the, the, the more an epiphany becomes manifest, the more it has a divisive effect on the environment in which that epiphany takes place. It immediately begins to divide everything. 
um, this is, you know, expressed in, in one way, um, you know, by C.S. Lewis when he writes the, his little novella, the, the Great Divorce. He says, in the end, good and evil uh, do not re remain in any, had to not retain any resemblance with each other. In the end, good and evil become properly divorced. They become more and, and more particularly and unmistakably what they are. Um, and in the scriptures, this is uh, this is always paired with the approaching advance of the Lord. As the Lord draws near, it, it divides um, everything into its proper place. Um, everything sort of falls into place before him and, and returns to it. All the ambiguities of the world are laid bare and are and are resolved as he approaches. And so, you know, when you have uh, when you, when you have this uh, when you have the approach of the Lord and His epiphany, and as He becomes more manifest, um, it will draw the world into the into those who will will be faithful to Him and who will go to Him, and it will draw the world into who will who will be opposed to Him. And the Scriptures are rife with with image after image after image of when the the Master returns, as in our second lesson today. Uh, faithfulness and unfaithfulness will be immediately apparent and will be addressed in proper as in a way that is proper to every single sort of substrata of that faithfulness. So, you know, for us, we sit in we sit in a bit of ambiguity here. We ask, what do we do um, in a world that is um, what do we do in a world where righteousness is not rewarded in the short term, even if it will be in the ultimate revealed for what it is, whereas unrighteousness will be revealed for what it is. And Paul answers us in the epistle lesson, um, really for uh, for today's uh, for today at mass in Colossians three he says, you know, put on the virtues of Christ in other in another place. He'll say, put on the Lord Jesus himself. Um, the and, and you know that's reflected in the imagery of Jesus himself in his parable today about the the, the faithful servants who who dress themselves as though their master is going to return, even though there is no apparent reason to think he's going to return at any given moment until it becomes apparent that he's going to return. Um, the the perplexing thing is that you know like with those servants is that they are at one moment they are sort of you know, what seemed to be ridiculously like dressed, uh, dressed to the nines, uh, sitting in the middle of, uh, sitting at midnight uh, with, you know, and with no anticipation that the master is going to return because, you know, why would he return in the middle of the night when, and when he wouldn't be resting somewhere else and then journeying when it became dawn the next day. And yet Jesus continually says, yeah, the master will come in the night. Uh, and it will come at a time when, you know, at one moment it will appear sort of ridiculous that you're, you're maintaining such readiness to receive him, and in another moment, uh, in another moment, it will seem like that was the only possible wise thing to do. Um, and so, for us, by Saint Paul's exhortation, you know, putting on the virtues of Christ and retaining love and hope and patience and endurance and and, and righteousness um, in the in the in these night hours, as the you know the Lord approaches and and, and returns. Um, you know, to the in the eyes of those who look on us, it'll be like, well, these people are retaining an awful lot of vigilance for someone who doesn't seem to be coming to them. Um, and in the next second, all the world will say, how could we have done anything uh, but await the return of this person, this massive presence uh, who will draw everything into its proper clarity and truth in a moment's notice? So. Uh, it's a couple of thoughts for our day, and it's a pivot point for us as we now end Epiphany this week and turn into pre-Lent and set and and Lent itself. Um, this this sort of thematic arc will persist throughout the week of readiness, and really we'll spend pre-Lent and Lent 
um, and, you know, sort of cultivating that and putting on those things and putting on the readiness for the fight. Um, and so it's a, it's sort of a, a little bit of a warning shot this morning that uh, the theme is changing and that being ready to stand firm in the dark hour, uh, that, that is now going to be the work of our, of our Christian life together. Let us pray. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially, we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace, and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we thine unworthy servants do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord.